For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, we're here with the Urban Pitch Podcast, the beautiful game of life. My name is Brian Jordan, and I'm here with someone I share a deep bond with, Jordan O'Brien. Basically, my name backwards, and <laughs> exactly. vice versa. Here. Mm-hmm. We share that common bond. I think we, we met through Mo Ali. We sure did. Correct. Back in the day. Yeah, and uh, since then, we've gotten to play a bit of futsal together. Mm-hmm. A very skilled and talented player. Technical, more Tighten technical me than up. me. She is, she is. Uh, she's played from youth, born in California. Yeah, born in California. Played here, has played all over the world, Iceland, uh, Italy. I, I can, I can name, you, I can name off the list all of all of the places. Literally, it's, it's a majority of Europe and then like some random other places for nonprofits and then like, I mean, some tango stuff Tangly. here and there and then professionally. Professionally, d- down most recently in River. River oh yeah, pool? oh and Buenos Aires, Argentina. Wow. Yeah. So tons of stuff. And while I mention all of that, you know, Champions League experience, we got the whole thing here. So what I want to do right away is I'd love for as long or as short of a whole breakdown from youth and everything, because I know a lot of kids will be uh, excited to hear what your experience was growing up in California and all that. So, and I'm very interested. Treat me like a dummy. Teach okay, me. here we go. Um, so I started playing when I was three years old and what inspired me to start playing was my older brother. I have an older brother, his name's Kyle O'Brien. He's currently playing in NISA for Cal United. I mean, he's injured right now, so he's coming back from an injury. But yeah, he inspired me to play. I watched him play and I watched my dad play as well. Um, My family was always really involved in um, soccer. So yeah, so pretty much I was primed from birth that I was going to play soccer and um, Yeah, so growing up, I started playing at this place called Garden Grove Arena, Mm -hmm. and I played with boys and girls, and and then I also played for a team in Anaheim, I believe it was, and it was called Cosmos, and that was my brother's team, and so I was like, I need to play on this team, and of course, and I think I was one of, I think I was the only girl playing on that team, but yeah, so actually, I think... Who else was? I think Christian Ramirez was on that team on that too. Team too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, um, played with them growing up, and then started at a small like AYSO team. I think it was called Gold Rush. Yeah. Then after that, I transitioned into a team called Anaheim Soccer Club ASC, where my dad was the coach, and I was playing up one year with um, a bunch of super talented um, women, and at, at the time, and then. Uh, I made the transition over to like one of our rival clubs, which it was our rival club at the time and everybody dreaded them, everybody hated them. And I hated them too at the time for the record, but I became a part of them. So then I guess I became the hated, Um, but it was Slammers FC in Newport Beach. And um, so then at that time I 
stepped away from my dad's team. My dad's team came over and they went up to play their regular age group and I would play on loan occasionally, but they made me play my age group and I was so mad. I literally cannot tell you how mad I was, but I was so angry that they forced me to play my own age group. I like cried about it all the time, and like after every game. And why was that? Exactly? Why was that? Because the team, that was my age group at Slammers was the best team in the nation. Mm -hmm. So they were like, Jordan, like this is a good opportunity for you. And I was like, come on, like, okay, why can't I just stay with like my friends? And like, as my dad as a coach, he yelled at me all the time, but like, obviously it's my dad. Yeah. I like expect nothing less from him. But yeah, um, I went down to that team. I cried for a bunch of games and the coach was George Larson. Okay. And he's, he, I don't know if he's coaching anymore at Slammers, but I know he had a couple teams in the past and probably still has a team as far as my knowledge. Um, but yeah, eventually I accepted it and I like fully submerged myself in the team, became my best friends on that team. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we, I mean, we took the state title six years in a row. Like, wow. I mean, yeah, it was, wow. it was crazy. I mean, it was a really, really good decision for yeah. me and that our team was constantly number one. So yeah, there was like, un there was a lot of pressure in regards to that, but it was good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, playing at Slammers was an amazing experience. Then found got found myself in the whole like going to college, like checking out universities. Um, and I had no idea that that was the purpose of like playing in youth. Okay. A lot of people are like told that all the time, like, oh, go to college, go to college. Mm -hmm. And Mia's like, I'm gonna go play pro. I'm gonna go play pro. I'm gonna go play pro. But so you didn't necessarily see the straight line as being through college and get drafted or anything like no. that it was more of just like you know you wanted to play I knew I wanted to play yeah okay. absolutely and then I was like okay well I can go to university and I guess I can study something but I'm gonna play yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly in my process throughout college I changed majors four times okay. it was like it was crazy um, <laughs> I, I eventually finished my fifth year and ended up with my degree I was supposed to get um, a certificate in advertising but one Settling. class prevented me uh, from doing that. But I went to University of Tulsa in Oklahoma. Yes. That's where I ended up committing to. Um, went there for four years. My fifth year, I didn't play, but I was like training, um, playing pickup with our men's team because our men's team's really good. Um, and yeah, so after that, I knew I wanted to play professionally. Um, my first opportunity was at Houston Dash. So I went to Houston. Um, well, before you jump into pro, yeah. I want to touch on a few things. So, okay. how old? How much older did you say your brother was? My brother's two and a half years older. Two and a half years, and so I'm as far as I'm 27, he's almost he's 29. Okay. Yeah, 29 right now. And so, as far as influence, would you say that was a big influence of why you eventually or originally wanted to jump into the sport? Because it sounds like your family really supported. Absolutely, and it's always a competition between me and my brother. Like, I, if he was doing something, I was going to do it, and I was going to do it better than him, or just as good as him, or like every single time. Like, we would uh, in front of my house. I thought we had a huge front yard, by the way. We didn't. Okay. We didn't at all. But we had cement, <laughs> and we had pug goals, and we had skates, okay. and we had like hockey sticks, and we have like we'd create some weird games. So mm -hmm. like we'd be like on skates, kicking a soccer ball, sure. like with the pug goals, and it was super like obviously me and him yeah. being kind of close in age we'd be playing and he does not lose like he okay. he cannot lose sure he and i'm always cheating apparently okay. according to him but yeah throughout all of my life it's always been like kind of like a competition but always like i mean 100 percent. he's always been like my inspiration in regards to things because of his level of dedication to the sure. game it's crazy sure and this i can attest to because i've all, i've played with you in futsal mm -hmm. and they've often been on similar teams <laughs> together and oh, you know gracious. if coming as a pro coming into like a futsal game like i'm trying to i'm trying to get after it but maybe just like a little hold back right yeah. but 
her and her brother no. just not 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 <laughs> coming into it that way it's sometimes i fall into that category but they're they're having competition trying to score more goals than the other one and they're just battering teams up and I, I have no words for playing with my brother because we'll literally get into it on the field yeah I'm like he'll I've like yell it. at me he's like why did you play that ball and sure. i'm like well i thought that the ball like i thought that the, i have to explain everything that i'm doing yeah and he's like well that was a terrible decision why did you i'm like i'm like i literally can't talk to you i was like go get out please get off the field i can't sure. i can't play with it somebody sub him somebody sub him please because i can't handle them anymore and then also you said playing under your dad i had a similar experience how did you find that and what was the biggest difference there once you because it was on the slammers was that a different coach then yeah it was a different okay, coach okay. um uh, from my experience with my dad it was i i mean of course he always wants the the most out of me sure. you know being the coach's kid you always but i was always dealt with like the most um what's it called I don't know what the word is, but he was always the hardest on me all the time. Okay. And so, like, I was constantly in trouble. If somebody was talking and they were next to me, it was me talking. Yeah. Which is, on, it's definitely probable that I was talking as well. Yeah, but sure. <laughs> Because of who I am. But, but, yeah, so I was always, for me, it was always, like, I wanted to be the best. I wanted to do the best. I mean, it's my dad. I have to impress my dad. Mm -hmm. I, have to, I have to be the best on the, on the team and everything that I'm doing. And, I mean, yeah, I think being with him it pushed me to want to be my best every sure. single game every single training session and do extra do more any t opportunity that i that i had yeah. to do so i think that's an interesting topic though because uh coming from the youth i also had my father coaching me mm -hmm. and i think a lot of kids might get that twisted around with it being more easier as the the coach's son or daughter and that's why i really wanted to uh, hit on that topic because for other kids that might be on teams um I'd say the majority of them aren't the coach's son or daughter. Mm -hmm. And when they view that, they might feel some kind of way about it. But honestly, it is a lot of pressure into to perform. And actually, Absolutely. they're taking it out a lot on you sometimes. Oh, 100%. Right? And then the thing is, is people feel to realize is like you're going home with them. If everybody has a bad game, you're on that ride home with them. You are hearing about it the whole, whether you want to hear it or not, you are hearing it the whole ride home. Yeah. Like it's best to just be silent. Sure. Or like if if you play bad, you don't you don't talk to him about it. Yeah. But he's gonna tell it to you regardless. He's like, you know, you played bad. I'm like, yes, I, I know. I don't sure. need to hear it. I know I played bad. I don't need to talk about anymore. So so many fights in the in a car ride home. Absolutely. Sure. I'm like, please stop talking about. It. Please stop. He's like, no, we're we're talking about. It. I was like, come on. And it's like because we have to drive like we drove like uh, more inland, like an hour. It's an hour drive there, an hour Same. drive back. Try to put the headphones in. Well, at the time it was a CD CD, CD player. Exactly. Yeah. Plug player. them. Put the with the with the <laughs> headphones on the outside that barely blocked any noise. Yeah. Never forget. Never forget those ride home. Yeah. Well. Is, were there any, as far as staying in your youth still, is was there any people, maybe even players you were looking up to at that time, or, or would you say your biggest influences were still family-oriented, or what, what would you say? Um, I would say I remember, like, growing up. Coaches I even? Coaches. Uh, maybe that you really appreciated? I really, I mean, 100% the coach that I went to that I didn't want to go to originally, he one like changed my game completely because I mean I told you I cry I was so emotional I was so emotional about being there and not wanting to be there and like wanting to play perfect and then he kind of like broke me down as a player in a in a, in a positive manner sure. um and it like broke me down to like the core of like just like the talent that I was at the time and then it built me back up 
to a whole different type of player that was able, because at the time, because I just took criticism from my father, and I wasn't able to take criticism from my coach at the time. And uh, um, so anytime he would say I was doing something wrong, I would just like break down. And then like, so I was broken down to the point where I was able to take criticism all over again, which is, this is kind of creepy, but like I would take criticism growing up, like, like <laughs> my coach would call me out in front of everybody and I would, I would smile. Like that's how I would take criticism is like, I would take it with a smile on my face and I kind of like giggle about it because sure. I'm like, yeah, he's probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like, and everybody else thought it was crazy because of it. But you can imagine like being like that and then like going into a different environment. It's not necessarily a good thing because people think you're not taking them seriously. Sure. But it's just how, I, that's like how I take criticism you now. It's like, with, yeah. exactly. Sure. Yeah, so. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very interesting that yeah. you mentioned that because I'm trying to figure out too. I think it's a very good skill at the youth that sports teaches you in general, but soccer for us, mm -hmm. just how to look at yourself and take these criticisms yeah. and be able to digest that. Because a lot of adults that I talk to now that maybe didn't get that so early in life, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's difficult for all of them the same, but at, yeah. at the same time, I feel like that's a very big life skill I think that you need. Absolutely. As a youth. Yeah, because, I mean, if you're not receptive towards that, you can't really change things. You could get stuck in your way, you know, and sure. maybe your way is not, not necessarily the best way. You always have to look at it from different yeah. different perspectives, different people. Yeah. You know? and, and are you even being honest with yourself? Exactly. No, yeah. that's so true. It's it's actually insane. It's crazy because even, like, now with, like, the coach that I have at River, mm -hmm. I, I ask him during this break. I'm, like, I would like feedback on, like, what I need to do, what I need to improve on. And he, like... He like gave me information on what he thought about what I was doing, and in he gave me feedback, right? And I was like, originally I was like not necessarily happy about it, and then I but then I like kind of took a step back out of my feelings, and I was like, you know what? I understand where he's coming from. Sure. I understand why I could be perceived in this type of manner, um, doing this, and and so I'm like, okay, like I can change this. This is something I can change when I go back. Yeah. So yeah. So let's leap ahead then. So you go from U Sports, go you go to Tulsa. Uh, after college, I think you were uh, a psych major? I was a psych major. Yeah, yeah. I was a psych you know? She did my research, so just trying to prove that to the camera. That uh, yes. So you, after college, just one thing I always hear kids asking me is just like the differences, uh, you know, the, the leap difference from after college to pro. What was that like? And then uh, experiences on different teams. Um, I would say it's pretty humbling. It's a humbling experience because you go from college where like, I mean, you might be it in your conference, you might be it in your in your league, you, you know, like you go from that perspective and then you jump into a bunch of superstars. Everybody's everybody's good and everybody's coming from a place where they were good, you know? So it's just, it's a very different perspective. And then you're going into a whole new environment with like a whole new coach. When before in college, you were with the same coach for four years. And it's somebody who obviously totally believes in you mm -hmm. and has been like, they wanted you to commit there and they like want, they, they want what's best for you. Right. Um, so you're it in college, but then you go into, and you're like a nobody all over again. And so you have to prove yourself. It's like a constant and it's the same as every single team that you go to. It's constantly trying to prove yourself it's and cycle. you have to prove yourself to the coach. And that's the thing is like you can go to a team and have a new coach that doesn't like the way that you play. And it's up to you to either try and change their mind or you can leave and go somewhere else and try and 
like uh, try and convince another coach, but like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's crazy because I had this conversation with one of my friends, Elizabeth Eddy, and I don't think she realizes how much this resonated with me, but I think we had this conversation maybe three years ago. Okay. And uh, she currently, where does she play right now? She plays at Sky Blue in the NWSL. Mm-hmm. And um, I had this conversation with her where like, we were talking and she was like yeah like when you find a coach that you like you like stick with them because they believe in you yeah. they give you that freedom to be the player that you are that you're like destined to be mm-hmm. right but if you go to a team and you're with a coach that doesn't believe in you it diminishes your faith in yourself it diminishes your your mental your your um your mindset sure. everything you know it just like it brings you it really does it's really really draining and that's why a lot of people end up like quitting in college in in club in youth and everything when you're with a coach that doesn't believe in you the greatest injustice you can do to yourself is stay with that coach mm-hmm. because they don't see value in you and then you're going to start not seeing value in yourself unless you have amazing like self-esteem and self-confidence sure. which a lot of people don't, don't have yeah, exactly yeah. so the greatest injustice you can do is staying with that coach you you'd be better off going somewhere else and finding somebody else and potentially maybe you go somewhere else the coach loves you mm-hmm. then you blossom into this amazing player that you're meant to be sure. and i think that that's like i think that that's like what is really really important to kind of search for in the environment that like you go, when you go and play professionally is like finding a coach that believes in you yes. and if they do believe in you stick with them yeah so yeah. one note to everybody out there is one thing i've been really hearing with a lot of our stories just perseverance in general and syncing up maybe with just the right fit because mm-hmm. what i think a lot of people don't understand about professional sports too and i'm sure they know this but the 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 politics behind it in certain places too and yeah. the belief absolutely because you can be that great player yeah but if, like you said someone doesn't believe in you exactly you and then it? and then exactly and you could end up like giving up way too early in your career like there's plenty of players who i've seen just like are done playing and that like say they like go to a team and they like don't play and i'm like they're incredible how in the world are they not playing you know you see the value in them a lot of other people see the value in them but the coach that they're with doesn't see the value in them and then they stick with that that place and then it just their (laughs) their self-belief just goes plummeting down and it's just it's so for me it's really sad um but obviously they they decided to stay in that situation for God knows what yeah, reason, yeah. but like that's their decision. Well, after you've mentioned that, have you ever been in a situation like that? And how have you, you know, taken that? And how did you persevere through a situation like that if you've been in one? Um, so yeah, I've been in, I, I would say I've been in many situations like that to be, to be honest. Um, my like career has been nothing but trial after trial after trial after trial and it's been but it's been good it's been good for me because i take i think i have a very positive outlook on life and a positive outlook on like my my whole soccer experience in general and um yeah so i've been in that environment where i'm like i'm on a team and but i kind of i kind of get caught up you know like um I'm on a team and I get caught up in the fact that like, for example, NWSL. NWSL was a really, really tough time for me okay. um, because, and I didn't realize, I didn't realize when I was in it that like, it was really, really draining me. It was draining my love for the game. It like, and the reason why we do what we do is because we like to play games. Yeah. yeah. Like, right, training is fun and all. Everybody sure. loves training. Training's a great time, but like, what we love doing is playing. Like, sure. that's why we do what we do. And if you're only training, and you're not getting to play in games, it's really, really, it's a frustrating time because that's like your release. On sure. the field is your release. Yeah. Um, 
and on like certain teams that I was on I didn't get I didn't get that opportunity to play Mm -hmm. and I kind of got in a comfort zone where I was like oh it's fine like I'm training with like the best in the world it's chill like we're fine here like I'm content but I'm like that's not enough for me because like the reason why I play this game is because I love playing yeah being in just like an environment of like incredible players when you're not playing what does that do for you it doesn't really do anything Yeah, you need that game experience exactly yeah. and and there's nothing like it and i forgot what it felt like at one point because i wasn't playing in games i was just watching games and or even just sitting on the bench and watching games i was like and i took a step back and i was like what am i doing here because i like maybe if I was in that mindset, I would have signed for another year to to stay in the environment that I was in training. And but like, why I do what I do is because I like playing. So I thank God that I like figured out a mindset where it like was able to take myself out of my comfort zone for a minute and yeah. be like, Jordan, you need to you need to move forward yeah. with your life. You need to go play somewhere. Yeah. You need to go somewhere where you where you are more valued because sure. clearly you're not that valued here. And, but that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's very hard. And it's hard to accept the fact that not everything is as perfect as it seems to be. Sure. You know? It's, yeah. Well, take us through this tour professionally then. Because I know you've been all over and, and you've said a little bit about, you know, certain places treat you different than others. Yep. But let's hear kind of maybe give us a list of some places you've been and maybe your favorite out of the bunch whether it's just a memory or and then give us some situations that that are oddball that came up just to that location or not oh me oh my okay so i mean at houston i really didn't like my experience at houston um it was difficult for me really really difficult for me there and it i didn't want to i was like on the verge of not playing anymore because i hated it that much um and that was, was, Houston was in their second year. I didn't think that like, I don't know. I just didn't think everything was like that great. I didn't think the treatment was great. I didn't, cause I was so, at the time it was during the World Cup. Okay. And our like, um, our national team players, they went and played. Mm-hmm. And so I was, so what they, they changed it this year. Um, where, so I was technically an amateur. Okay. But they changed it this year, so like you could have amateurs that are professionals during the time that does that make sense? Like yes. they get signed for yes. the for period that of time, time period. they're gone. Exactly. Yes. So when I was there at the time, there was no it was no signing. I didn't get any money. I received zero payment. Oh wow. So I was, yeah, in Houston, I lost money. I yeah, I lost a lot of money, and yeah. So just catch us up. So I was pro here, here in America as a man. And even I don't know these certain little things about the women's game. Yeah. And I think it's important if we wanted to draw attention to that or even try to help lead a helping hand. Yeah, absolutely. So what was that situation like? I do remember in the old days of MLS, they had these little contracts like that. But is that, so that's obviously it was a still nightmare. going on. For, for me, it was really, really hard. I put, I mean, they, so when I was at Houston originally, they put me at a host family um, that was 58 miles away i will never forget that number wow. because we were 58 miles away yeah yeah <laughs> and there was no you traffic and it was the, and it took me an hour to get to training every wow. day and if i didn't have a car i wouldn't have been able to make it to training um they put me with the host family and then it was really far away from the airport during this time i was actually flying back and forth to oklahoma where i went to school university of tulsa to do my classes during the week so i would like go be a training and then i would fly back and yeah, it's so you coming in just every weekend. I would be, I would be there. No, I would like, <laughs> I would fly for the day, fly back, wow. fly for the day, fly back. Because yeah, I, I'm crazy. I'm actually crazy. Is what I've established. Was the team actually taken care of? No, 
I was taking care of that. I was taking care of that because my education was obviously important to me. Yeah. And but I my dream in life was to play professionally. Play. And um, wow. so yeah, I was flying back and forth. I ended up the reason why I took a fifth year at Tulsa was to get my uh, certificate of advertising. Okay. I ended up not getting it in the end. Okay. And I was flying back. It's crazy. I was flying back and forth, and I s did not get it. Yeah. I because of two absences, and I had the flu at the beginning of the year, so that was the two absences. But yeah, didn't end up getting it. So all that flying back and forth was pointless. But anyways, proceed and move forward. <laughs> not bitter about it at all. Clearly. <laughs> we can't tell. We can't tell. <laughs> and yeah, so I was flying back and forth. But like the the housing situation is, they set us up 58, and I was with another. Um, uh, another uh, woman on the team with me. Her name is Cami Privet. Um, she, I think she's still, she's actually there now, but she's like gone away back and forth. Um, yeah, she's still at Houston. Um, but we were both living in that situation and I was just like, how is this? And I put so many miles on my car. Eventually I was like, this is too much. And I ended up like um, sleeping on my friend's couch who was about 20 minutes away from training. So I was sleeping on a couch a majority of the time, the rest of my time. And also that was closer to the airport. Sure. So it's easier for me. Mm -hmm. But goodness, it was, and the thing is, is that's the situation, is there was no reward in the end. I didn't, I didn't play in any of the games. Sure. I got rostered, sure, but I didn't get to play. And I was like, this is so defeating and mentally draining. And I was doing the most, actually, yeah. actually yeah. doing the most. Yeah. And I had to make a decision like six months into it. And I decided there was an opportunity in Spain. And I was like, I need to get out of here sure. because I hate the game here. This okay. is not fun. This is not fun for me. The only fun part is that I'm surrounded by amazing people on mm -hmm. the team and that's it. And yeah, so I ended up going to Spain. Um, so, so Houston was your first experience with it though? It was my first experience with it. Any fun, I like to ask this question because just so much negative so happens around it but any fun rookie experience that you had on top of that where you, you had to do any kind of thing like get the balls after practice or, or anything or, um, or did you have a light as a rookie i think i had it light i think we okay. all had it light i think it's just considering the fact of all the stuff that we deal with mm -hmm. um in regards to women's soccer especially with with houston in that in that situation in the second year it was a lot, and so there was really nothing else that you could you do to, to make it. Top. You didn't need to add sure. anything onto that, exactly, because sure. it was already a pretty pretty big nightmare. Okay. <laughs> For me, it was, at yeah. least. It was really mentally defeating. And uh, But, yeah, so the opportunity came mm -hmm. in Spain on the Canary Islands with uh, UDG Tenerife. Um, and, yeah, so I was, like, super, super stoked about this opportunity. But and this was my first... Um, this is my first time abroad. Yeah. Well, not my, my first time abroad playing professionally or like trying to play professionally. Okay. And I went there and I was there for a month and I'm like in the process of like about to be signed. Everything's going to be great. But like also I'm super homesick. I'm having a very, very, very tough time. My mental state is just like not there. I had a boyfriend at the time. I like could not I was like not enjoying and like I'm a really big beach person and this is literally the whole <laughs> island is like it's surrounded by a beach like I should be in heaven yeah and yeah so during that time I was like yeah I was like excited but I also was like kind of bummed out I like wasn't really enjoying that moment in the time that I was there mm -hmm. because I was constantly feeling like I was missing something else sure. and um and it was really difficult as well considering the fact that everybody only spoke Spanish and my Spanish was actually a lot worse than it I mean now it's it's yeah. better now it's sure. better now for the record but during that time it was like I was really uncomfortable 
and totally out of my comfort zone, so so far away from my family, my friends, my everything. Um, and I couldn't, I didn't enjoy it, and it was hard. And um, got into a, like kind of like a more negative mental space. And then I was like, okay, it's fine. Everything's like, it'll get better. It'll get better. Um, excited to sign a contract, and then like, I, like eventually, and they ended up like showing me this contract to sign, and I like and signing it, and then turns out the league is not professional so okay. they can't sign internationals like la liga at the time for la liga femenina was not professional so i can't sign there wow yeah yeah exactly so they can't pay me anything i can't there's not like i cannot be there and so at this point are you, so you're doing your own contract i'm doing all pre, i did all preseason with them but are you doing your own contracts? i had like a guy helping me but i didn't have an agent it wasn't okay. my agent okay, okay. it was just me okay um and but like yeah so uh, so you discover that and and I discovered that and I'm like I obviously have to leave now yeah. I don't I can't play I yeah. can't play like we're about our first game was against Bar Barca and like I couldn't play I had to leave so I was like I was so frustrated angry I like cried the way home but I was super bummed out um to say the least uh yeah and then I ended up going home then I ended up going to uh I think I was home for like six days or something then okay. i went to australia okay i think that's what happened this is sorry it's a hazy it's a yeah. hazy timeline yeah so i went to australia opportunity with a team there uh called melbourne not yeah melbourne city melbourne city okay. yeah and then another opportunity came while i was there with melbourne victory but yes. melbourne city brought me out so i was like i'm gonna go stick with like stick with the team that brought me yes. out right but the team that brought me out they didn't need my position so I ended up, and I'm a more attacking-oriented player. Mm -hmm. I play, I play forward. I play winger. I play center mid. Like I, all these. I even could probably play outside back, um, but center back is not, <laughs> not, not, the, not my yeah. thing. Sure. And um, and when I was with City, I was training at center back, um, which was not fun. And I don't know. I I have such loyalty to like somebody that brings me in and like somebody that like treats me well. So I was like, I had loyalty to City, even though Victory had a spot. And I kind of disregarded victory until the last minute when City said they're not signing me. And then so I went and trained with victory for the following three days. And then I didn't end up signing anywhere in Australia. So I ended up returning after one month of being in Australia. Wow. Yeah. These are interesting showing up on, on spot and just seeing what the opportunity is and yeah. then uh, what comes well, of it. Well, the thing is they knew I was a midfielder. It's the crazy part. <laughs> so, well, when you ended up switching from uh, – city to victory where did they end up training you at for those, those they, i was playing center mid for okay. for victory so i was in my comfort zone yes. everything was meshing and he like the coaches told, told me i mean he was like if you would have been here a week earlier <laughs> like you would have it would have been better for you and i'm like i'm like are you kidding yeah <laughs> i'm like are you kidding i decided to stay with city and a week extra because for what for them not to sign me like yeah. and then i go to victory and then yeah it was awful it was really really rough then i went back to the u.s um pretty bummed out pretty defeated um and then there's like an opportunity that came up well just to touch on that too just me noticing who you are as a player uh I feel like you create so much. This is a very interesting mm -hmm. choice to hear that they put you at center back. I do know <laughs> you're pretty ferocious with tackles too, but like maybe because you distribute, why do you think they that you fell into that role when you went over there? Because that was literally the only position that they needed. Uh -huh. They only just, needed a center back. Okay. And I was like, why in the world did I come here for a center back? I was like, 
but I was like, I'm going to do it because I'm here. I'm sure. going to do it to the best of my ability. Yeah. But yeah, not my, not my thing. Yeah. I feel like me personally, I feel like you create so much going forward. How did they do that season? That's what I want to know. I think city. Yeah. City won. Okay. So, <laughs> they, won so they were exact. pretty they're, darn good. They're, they're awesome. They're okay. really good. And right. then victory, I think ended up in like last, last place. So yeah. they could, could've used so it's like shit. exactly yeah. they maybe could eat it, but it's like missed out man. exactly rough life so you come on back to the u.s after i come that? back to the u.s okay. i go to a combine and at the combine a team from sweden um was interested and ends up like picking me up or whatever and then i go to sweden and i meet two awesome roommates one's from canada and one's from one's from utah okay and Nora Abelins and Hannah Terry and I like love they're amazing people and awesome. thank God that they were there in the situation with me in Sweden because I don't <laughs> think I would have made it without them um, so in Sweden uh, it was a really really interesting experience because we were at a small club it's called Kubik okay. um, and we like weren't we didn't really do well we did we weren't doing well um, I also ended up getting my first like technical like serious injury I will, I tore my UCL in college. Okay. That was one serious injury, and I recovered from that like perfectly fine. But in at Cubic, I I had a high ankle sprain, which I've never experienced in my life because I have really flexible ankles for the most sure. part. And yeah, high ankle sprain. We didn't have a trainer. We didn't have a trainer. We had a masseuse, but we didn't have a trainer. Interesting. So so this is what I want to know from the places that you've played. Specific stories like this is what I want to know because yep. treatment at each team is going to be different. Totally different. So so did they just think they didn't need this or where they hired the mailman to do this part time? No, what they're like, it? you need to go to this place, like specifically, I don't know what, I don't know where the logic is because you, I personally think you need a trainer on staff at all times because serious injuries happen every yeah. single day. Yeah. Um, especially when you don't like warm up appropriately. And uh, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know where the logic was in this, but I mean, I also don't know, like, it, you know, I need to finish the rest of the story because okay. I don't know the logic in a lot of the okay, things. Okay. <laughs> um, so ended up like, they ended up taping my ankle okay. every single game. I was on crutches during the week. I would go to the game. I would try to play every single week. I would do the same cycle where I'd be like on crutches during the week, could not walk. And then I would go and they would tape me up and I would try to play. And like in the warm up, I'd be like, no, I can't do this. Yeah. And um, and after three months of being in Sweden, I ended up getting deported um, wow. because they couldn't figure out my paperwork. Yeah. They like said, oh, it's no big deal. Like, we'll be able to sort you out six months. No problem. It's Sweden. <laughs> and then, yeah, it didn't it didn't work out like that. And they the guy that brought me in just apparently just wasn't able to do it and I have no idea why so so I ended up not getting the paperwork and yeah so I ended up getting deported so wait so you sign a contract I signed a contract sign a contract into playing yeah or trying to play yeah. and then you, and, I was play, and I was playing in, in Sweden until I got injured yeah. um the final month I was injured oh, got it got it yeah got it, got it, got it. but the first two months I was playing everything okay. was fine but and then deported. Deported. And so what happens with the contract at that point? I mean, the contract is technically invalid, I yeah. guess. I guess you could say. Um, and then I went back and with a with a rolled ankle. So I mean. Oh, so you told me you had some trials and tribulations. But I wasn't expecting. So now we're in. We've visited three countries at this point. Yeah. It seems like. Yeah. And so where do we at first settle in on the team? Oh my goodness. Okay, so. 
So I, after, after Sweden with my rolled ankle, I don't really know what to do with a rolled ankle. I never thought rolled ankles were a big deal okay. until it happened. Sure. Um, and then I went to Orlando because my boyfriend at the time was playing for City. Okay. And I go there and I'm like getting rehab by Pride's. Um, and I like know some pe people on um, Pride. I like know a bunch of friends on Pride. One okay. being like my best friend Jamia. So I was like stoked to see like my my friends and like kind of hang out a bit and just like kind of enjoy um, and rehab my ankle and then also get some training in with Pride. Yeah. Um, so I like went back and I was training with Pride and I was getting my rehab done on my ankle and then uh, I, I signed with an, a different agent. Um, his name's Lenny. Uh, upper V agency is who it was and I signed with him and he like got me an opportunity in, in Iceland okay. uh, with a team called KR Reykjavik and but <laughs> but I was supposed to go like really quickly but ended up my paperwork <laughs> ended up screwing things up so I ended up going like a month late so I missed like three games or something that I shouldn't have missed okay. so the first place that I actually settled in was KR Reykjavik in in Iceland. in Iceland in Iceland and how'd you enjoy your time there I okay I loved it um, because they had some really talented players um, and I got to play with I think for me I also love playing with Brazilians I think I get along really well in the field with Brazilians okay. and I think we read each other really well and I had two Brazilians on my team and we like kind of played in like a triangle on like the left side of the field and it was amazing it was so much fun it was a good time and I was kind of finally like vibing and there's a few other girls that were like, uh, their forwards are just like really, really, really talented. And so it was just like this nice little, I don't know, it was like finally meshing. And I was like, finally, yeah. somewhere that like is working. And I'd never been to Iceland before. So it's like a crazy cool experience. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, are Brazilian players known to frequent Iceland for some reason? Or does it just happen to be this team? It just, I feel like every team that I've like gone to, they all have, they always have a Brazilian. Cool. Like they always have a, at least one Brazilian for the most part, at least since I've been abroad. Um, but, but yeah, the, I mean, apparently there's, there was other ones in the leagues, but I didn't, but I didn't see any of them. So, yeah. So out of the teams listed so far, your best experience, what you have to say is with Reykjavik. <laughs> with Reykjavik okay. for sure. And so how long did you end up playing there? I was there for oh, four months. Four months? Four months. Isn't that crazy? It's just been so many teams in yeah. such a small amount of time. And, but is that, how long is a typical season overseas? Oh my gosh, like eight, I feel like it's six to eight months. Eight months? Okay. Ten months maybe? Depends. Depends on what team you're at, where you're with, like league-wise. Yeah, because how many teams are in these leagues? There's a the lot. Norm? There's definitely a are lot. Are there? Okay. Yeah, normally there's a lot. Because when you ended up coming back and playing for the LA Galaxy here, Yeah. Uh, how many teams are in that league? Definitely a lot less. I yeah. don't really know though. Maybe ten. Ten. Ten or ten. Ten sounds right. So, so overseas, as far as the norm of teams, teams wise. Yeah. There's the yeah, more. Yeah, I think in I think in Iceland at the time it was twelve. I think it was twelve teams. Yeah. That's just so. Maybe. It's just so interesting to me to hear the flip-flop of that, and you'd like to think that there was more, I mean, especially with how well our women do, you'd like to think there's more money here for uh, in oh, soccer absolutely. for them. So what's that dynamic? Why? why? I mean, I, I feel like um, in regards to women's soccer, um, I feel like people struggle to see the value in it. And... I mean, you go out to like a women's national team game, you it's blatant, it's obvious, it's like right in front of your face. There is clear, like, like it's 
and especially like in the environment that it like you can see the value in it that all the people that are there everybody's supporting everybody's super excited about it but I feel like I don't know what it is but I feel like the, the the people who create like the teams and everything like that I feel like they struggle to see the value in it and but like there is incredible value in it it shows with the fans yeah I think that it that's like a perfect example is just like the fans that, like that shows how much value something has mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to acknowledge the fact that there is a market for it and you have to tap into it appropriately um, but obviously if you do things incorrectly or if you're not seeing the value in it and you're like trying to tap into this market that's not the market that actually is the target audience okay. like it's not gonna work you know like yeah. people aren't gonna I don't know I, that's how I what I think at least I think that there's I think that for me I think that there's a market for everything yeah that's but true. I think it's a matter of tapping into it yeah. and acknowledging the fact that it's there yeah. but if you don't acknowledge the fact that it's there it's just it's not it's non-existent to you yeah so just drawing attention to it more yeah Exactly. Needs to be a thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, so from there, I know you, all over in Europe, and I eventually want to get to your time in, in River here, but but what other teams did you okay. jump over to? So after KR, I was, like, super stoked about, like, kind of getting back to the U.S. because I had a boyfriend at the time yeah. who was in Orlando, and I was like, perfect opportunity. Let me go play in Orlando because I like my, like, little amount of time that I spent there. Yeah. Um, in regards to my rehab, in regards to like training, I thought it was a good environment. Um, so I went to Orlando and yeah, I was there for the year. Um, I didn't, I didn't play, but, um, yeah, so the, it was really tough on me in regards to that, but I like being surrounded by such talented individuals such as like Marta and Alex and, um, like Ashlyn and Allie, like, I mean, it was, a, it was like a good environment to be in mm -hmm. for me. Um. So yeah, it was as a player though. Don't you think that is really neat? Because at training, yeah. you get to see you. Mm -hmm. You know, you might not being being seen on on the field, mm -hmm. but you get to see your talent in comparison to these. Yeah, people. exactly. You can see you you get a really really fair gauge about where you're at and sure. what you need to be doing and if you want to be at the level, what you need. Like you know, the, I mean, it is. It's a very it's a very good gauge to be next to these type of these high caliber players and to understand where you're at in regards to the game. Um, so yeah, that was, I mean, for me, I really, I like liked, I like loved being at Orlando because of the players. Um, but yeah, unfortunately didn't get the opportunity to play because I mean, clearly the coach didn't like me as much as I wanted him to. Mm -hmm. And it's clearly the assistant coach, same thing. Um, but I like kind of accepted my role in that team and I was like in a comfort zone as well because with my boyfriend being there yeah. and then we had a dog together and it was like and I had like my friend group like we go play board games like Catan you know Yo, like, oh, I'm a big fan of Catan <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan as well <laughs> have and, yeah absolutely <laughs> we should have brought it um but no yeah so I mean it was like I was very very comfort zoned um but I realized I acknowledged that during that time I was like this is not what I want I'm not happy with this. I'm not playing. Like, this isn't fun for me. Um, and I acknowledge that many times being there, but I didn't want that to like ruin my experience there and make my life like a living hell. Yeah. Uh, per se. But um, yeah. So it was all. Uh, it was like a shift in mindset. That was like my, I think my slap in the face, like reality check. Like sure. Jordan, you don't want to be in this. Sure. Um, yeah. So after Orlando, I was like, I was like, I'm going abroad, I'm going abroad, I'm going abroad, and then I, and then I went into preseason with Utah, <laughs> so I didn't end up, I, I didn't end up going abroad, but I, like, love traveling, and I, like, realized that, and so I was like, uh, after my time with Utah, I didn't end up getting signed at Utah, because they had a full roster, um, yeah. 
and I, I it ended up forcing me abroad, which is exactly what I needed. Um, but during the time, okay, this is the kind of complicated part. After Utah, after I didn't get signed with Utah, I got really, my uncle passed away, and I got really, really like bummed out, understandably. Yeah. Um, I'm close with him. So yeah, I got really, really sad about that, and then I like stopped everything that I was doing, and I was like, I don't wanna play anymore. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know why I'm doing this. Um, but I really don't want to do it anymore. I'm like, I'm so over this. I want to do things that I like love. <laughs> Little did I know, it would bring me right back to soccer. Sure. <laughs> and the opportunity came where like I was playing, I was playing actually here at the base. Yeah. I was playing at the base like every Monday, any opportunity somebody would hit me up, I'd be like, yes, of course I'm going to play. And then like I would play in Venice and I would play pickup in Huntington and Orange County and Garden Grove like any opportunity that I could get to play and I told myself I was like you're done playing yeah <laughs> and I tried to cut myself off of it but I like got involved in street soccer okay so yeah well, no, I, I wanted to ask you because off camera we, we talked about this mm -hmm. is there a worry at all because at times in my career too if you have an injury or something like this that yeah. you want to nurse but it's just you know agents will tell you or whatever it is about these these gaps in yeah. your resume but it sounds like you were just ha not having fun and you had decided i'm just gonna uh, take a break exactly me. yeah so i think for me i was like I'm, i don't necessarily need to play professionally anymore right so i was like i don't need this anymore but then i was like i always come back to the game like the game is what brings me so much joy pick up soccer is like my favorite thing in the entire planet you can probably ask anybody because i try to force people to play it all the time okay. um but like for me like and especially in regards to agents i understand agents being like this gap is going to like ruin your career xyz like all, all this nonsense i just think that like your soccer experience is your own sure. and you can write your own story however you want to mm -hmm. if somebody wants to take off five years if somebody wants yeah. it it's, it's not recommended of course it's not recommended sure. if you want to take off a year of course it's not recommended but if you need to do that for you do it like who's to say that you can't go back and play nobody yeah. nobody can tell your future and that's your decision in the end and that's that i think that this that this game is so beautiful right mm -hmm. It's whatever you make of it. It's whatever you want it to be. So if I want to stop playing tomorrow and I just want to play street soccer, I'm, I can do that. Yeah. And it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to anybody else but you. So your advice would be not to worry so much about that. If yeah. you need to get your mind right, your body right or something, you'd suggest do it. go ahead and take do that it. Time. Do whatever you need to do in order to be the player that you want to be or whatever. Like I said, whatever you want your experience to be with this game, do it. Like <laughs> nobody's yeah. stopping you. Yeah. No, nobody's story is pre-written like sure. and nobody's experience is the same so do whatever you need to do i think that's super important to hear though because it is very hard as a player Absolutely. to crunch that and to be like oh i'm going against almost what everyone's saying like you said mm -hmm. it's not suggested but, yeah but if if you need some time do whatever you need you to do, do it. yeah exactly so you end up street soccer sounds street soccer, like completely as much as you can force. exactly okay. um uh actually enjoying myself to like the core of me it okay. brings me so much joy to play here anywhere honestly like anytime like we could you could be like oh let's go play outside and sure. i'd probably be like heck yes let's sure. do it um but yeah so it's like for me playing that like brought back my passion my passion joy my everything that like i felt like i was missing um and it reminded me my uncle my uncle really lived his life to the fullest and did whatever he wanted to do um and it didn't matter what everybody else wanted to do it's just he did what he wanted to do yeah um 
and uh, that's what I like to, this is, that's what I take from his life and that's what I'm going to do yeah. like I love traveling and I love playing so I'm like I'm going to do my best to include like include the two yeah. um, was it here at Urban Futsal that you got introduced eventually to uh, Tango League even? So I saw Tango before from my friends uh, Pedro and Steven Mendoza. Okay. I saw them in Tango and I was like, oh my god, that looks so rad. I was like, I need to be a part of this. I yeah. was like, and I was like, I can create a team that's going to kick butt, of course. Yeah. And so, yeah, I like saw an opportunity for Tango here and I was like super hyped about it because I was like, oh yes, like, yeah. and I didn't realize the whole process to like be able to play in it. Okay. Yes. I had no idea. So maybe a lot of people don't know what Tango is. Ex explain that whole Thing. Okay, Tango is um, it's this street soccer league where it's like a kind of like an invitational as well, where you take um, where is it? It's like eight teams, eight to ten teams, I feel like, and they like put them in like a round robin type deal where you play, and uh, winner winner stays on, winner goes on. Essentially, it's like a tournament style. Okay. But yeah, it's like uh, you enter a team, uh, five people. It's a bit different now, but um, when I was doing it, that's exactly what it was. Okay. So I, you can have a roster of up to ten. Okay. I tried to put ten, <laughs> but none of my people showed up <laughs> because they were all working. So I had five on my team, I okay. believe, the day of. So. And is this purely for fun? Is there money on the line? I mean, what do you got? I thought it was purely for fun. I just think it's like, for me, the base is like a really cool space to play in. It's yeah. like always a, a good vibe. It's always a good vibe and like a good time. And uh, so I saw that it was here, and I was like, "This is close by." I was like, "I can do this." And um, yeah, you yeah, have to like register online, and I tried to register and I couldn't do it. I never was able to actually register, so I ended up like calling eight people that I knew from Adidas, <laughs> Adidas, and like miscellaneous like um, other avenues to try and figure out sure, how to get in this sure. big tournament. Because I was like, "My team's going to win." Okay. <laughs> and I was just being I was being arrogant and a little butthead about it, but. <laughs> Like I just kept telling everyone, I was like, I was like, I need to be in this tournament. I was like, I, I was like, I have a team. It's this team. It's our. Everybody else is on the app besides me because sure. I can't get on it for some reason. And yeah, it ended up like working out. And then like I brought my team here, and uh, we played. Uh, well, we were playing. It was playing. Started out as five v five, and then like I think it was five v five. Yeah, and then a pipe burst, and so they cut the field in half. So then it was three v three. And then we played, and I had I did not realize what was on the line. I didn't realize that like a trip to Russia to go to the World Cup was on the line. Wow. I failed to realize that until like halfway through the tournament. And I've seen you travel them, so you end up going yeah. to this. Yeah, I ended up we we ended up going to the final, and then we lost in the final off of a sketchy goal. It didn't count for me. It didn't count, but whatever. Turning the MVP, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like okay, so there was five um, judges. Okay. Five judges. Two voted for me, one voted for another guy on my team, and two voted for the guy on the other team. Okay. And because the other team won, the other guy won, but he didn't have a passport. So then they called me, and they're like, hey, Jordan, you want to go? You tied for MVP. So, and I was like, yeah, of, co of course I want. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I want to go to Russia to go see World Cup. I was like, this is bucket list F thing yeah. for me. So I ended up, like, going to Russia and competing against 22 other dudes from all over the uh, dudes because it was So how many women are in this? Me just you just me me and a bunch of brothers i think this is so amazing uh as far as the storyline because just from from your youth story i'm mm -hmm. hearing you playing your brother this is a norm to you yeah. when i see you on the field too i'm a pretty rough guy <laughs> and and uh, i hate to say it but when i'm up against her i don't hold nothing back just yeah. because i know the competitor you are yeah absolutely and, and, and i appreciate that yeah, i appreciate that you do that so it, as we should though right yeah like, no 100 percent. you hold your own mm -hmm. and, and so how did you feel as far as you representing women in this league and and, and getting stuff like uh, uh 
you know, nominated in the finals for... Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it was an incredible feeling. And I felt um, an obligation to represent us appropriately because I do believe that women can play with men. I'm not saying that, like, we're going to be able to play 11 aside, like, professional. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that in regards to a five-a-side game, when it's 5v5 and there's, like, there's professional I've played like I played professionally so it's like it just doesn't like if I'm playing against people who don't necessarily play professionally I mean I should be able to hold my own you know and like people's experience with the game I mean whoever you're surrounded by you step up your level to match theirs you always do so it's a challenging environment but I think that especially professional women's players are more than capable of it yeah and being like a standout person in regards to like playing this and I like I grew up playing like indoor and futsal and everything. So I should be good at it. Sure. I should be better than majority of males that I play against. Like that that's how it should be. But I mean, I'm not saying everybody like this goes along for everybody, but I think that I think that for me it was like a serious obligation to represent appropriately. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's awesome to yeah. hear. And I often find in in my experience is just women are even more technical at times yeah. uh, on certain stuff. It's just like it's a different game maybe just as far as Absolutely. speed or whatever but as far as skill there mm-hmm. it's, it's exactly I mean I'm not yeah exactly yeah. I'm not trying to say that I'm as strong as any because I ended up when I was competing in um in Russia against like the dudes it was like I was like a bunch of different competitions like skills like uh tricks like and playing and then 1v1s like everything and I mean, it is. It's a lot. It's a lot of skill. I'm not I'm not saying I'm gonna beat a six feet tall man like in regards to like bodying him off sure. a ball, you know. But sure. I mean, there's a definite possibility I could meg him and sure. make him look a little bit dumb. So. And how did they like that? Because I'm sure that they're not happens. fans of that. Yeah. They don't like that at all. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it's fun though. It's yeah. definitely so much fun. It makes you feel feel good. You're like, ah, gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's an awesome experience yeah. representing for the ladies out there yeah, so you got to experience the whole world cup you go into games all that coolest thing ever yeah i got to see croatia and england which is like a dream for me because my family uh, goes back to england um we lost so that was rush rough rough but um and then we got to see the final which wow. was in france and croatia which was unreal but yeah no it was like the coolest literally one of the cool i say this all the time like about every experience. I'm like, nothing's gonna top this, and then something does. does. Exactly, and so when I was in Russia, I got a phone call from my agent, um, Lenny at the time, and he he goes, um, hey Jordan, like, do you wanna play for Champions League? Oh no, no, it wasn't Lenny, sorry. We're gonna scratch that. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the other agent because he's a terrible person. Um, <laughs> We're adding all of this. I'm just kidding. I get a call. I get a call from an a- my agent at the time, and he goes, um, "Do you want to play in Norway for a Champions League team with your best friend?" And I was like, "Of course. Of course. Like, why would I? Yeah. Like, why would I even question that?" And that was with Jamia Fields, and I was like, "Of course, I want to do this. Like, me and Jamia in Norway is like is gonna be the best experience ever." And yeah, so I ended up officially like signing a contract to go play in Norway while I was in Russia. Wow. So that's crazy. And it's just crazy how it, and I was like, I'm done playing. And then like that, yeah, all, this, all, all this out. happened. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So then I go to Norway, I sign everything. Um, and I go back to the US for a couple of days. So yeah, I go from Russia to Norway, then Norway to California for three days. Then I return to Norway for season for Champions League and then immediately as soon as I get there we go to Croatia to do qualifiers against Sporting and then this other team from uh, Sporting Portugal and then sorry 
Osijek, a team from uh, Croatia, and then another team from Serbia. Okay. So we play against all these teams in order to make it technically into Champions League, and mm. then we we made it. We're the top team. So been to a World Cup final. Watch <laughs> that. Just playing now on a Champions crazy. League team. This is crazy, crazy different, loud. especially from coming from that first contract. Mm-hmm. So from any player that's in a rough time right now, I just want them to realize the opportunity Absolutely. that does seek. And if you just stay involved like you yeah. did, persevere. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, I, mean I, I could have been defeated at any point during yeah. these times. But I think it's all perspective. Because obviously you all, you like go through tough times, but also like I think along the way I've met some incredible people that yeah. have also allowed me to like gain perspective that like this isn't the end and this isn't this isn't like this isn't like stopping my career from moving forward, you know. Yeah. But if I allow it to stop my career, then obviously it's dead. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not gonna let anything stand in the way of what I want to do. And like I said, I want to travel and I want to play. And I want I mean I want to play on like a high scale and I want to sure. play for amazing clubs and I want to be a part of amazing history and culture. Yeah. Like that's for me. That's like icing on the cake. It's the most important thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're playing in Champions League games. Yep. And where do we go from there? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, so there, I mean, it's freezing in Norway, and I'm not a cold-weather person. Mm, me neither. Not a cold-weather person. Us Southern no. California kids. <laughs> under, under what, 70? Yeah, cool. it's a nightmare, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm here. I am like my, I'm like bundled up. Are you kidding me? I brought a sweatshirt in here because yeah, I needed it just in case. I got my But, yeah, no, I went to Norway. It was snowing i was like this is not okay but i was with my best friend so that was cool um suffer together yeah except for together exactly Mm um yeah in norway we like are playing in league um i'm having a tough time i'm not necessarily seeing eye to eye with like the the coach um and which is i mean which happens like i said before it happens um she doesn't really like the way that i play because i'm I'm more possession oriented. Okay. Um, So yeah, she just really is not a fan of me. So she ends up not playing me like all season long. Um, Yeah, that that happened. That was really, really hard for me Mm -hmm. to go through. And I was struggling with it a lot at the time. And yeah, so she didn't play me. I only played two games while I was there during the whole time. But on the bright side, we didn't win any games. We like only won two games, and those are the two games those, that I played in. Those two. Exactly. Made a so my baby. stat, my stat was amazing. Exactly. There. But still, I mean, yeah. And also, one of those games I scored in, so that's that's that cool. Is cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a really tough time, and I literally was like counting down the moments to like leave Norway at one point because I was so frustrated and so unhappy with like the coach with. Um, with uh, with how they were trying to play which was like just kicking the ball into the the corner the towards the corner yeah. flags and i was like this is Same awful style. because we have a we had a really talented team mm-hmm. it just didn't make sense for us to play this style when we have like south korea's national like uh, i mean captain of their national team wow. her name's cho she's amazing she's playing at west ham now okay. and another like cameroon's like captain gail and Ganamuit, and she's like she was playing at Malaga yeah yeah she was, and now she's playing in Spain like it's just crazy all these and then we had two starters or not starters like two um players for Brazil's national team that were on that team how are we not successful yeah. it doesn't make any sense but these are like the incredibly talented individuals and yeah and so it just like nothing didn't make sense to me and I for me that reflected upon the coach but 
yeah, that was my experience there. And I was like, I can't wait to leave. But I loved my team. I loved my teammates. They were incredible people and so talented. And training was fun with them. But, yeah, so I ended up leaving Norway after season was officially done. What did we do? I'm, like, trying to think. And then after that, I decided, I was like, you know what? I just want to, like, kind of take it easy. I'm like, I mean, I'm talking to other teams, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then like Tango, Tango, the Tango League thing evolved. And so like when I was in Russia, I was competing to be on Tango Squad, which is like the team, okay. uh, which is a YouTube series. Okay. Um, and so I ended up getting on Tango Squad, signing a contract with Adidas for Tango Squad. And so what the situation is with them is like, we travel to locations all around the world mm -hmm. um, and there's 12 people on the team. So it's me and 11 other dudes, oh. <laughs> always. <laughs> so it's literally, it's literally like I'm traveling with 11 brothers at all times, but then we'd also like add more to the group in each location that we were in. Okay. And Just so, locals on the spot or? Yeah, okay. exactly. Um, the ones that played in Tango League. Okay. Yeah. And so we go to these really rad locations. For example, like we went to Spain, went to Madrid and I got to meet Isco and yeah, I, like I, I have no words. I literally have no words, like the coolest thing ever. Um, and Xavi, Xavi yeah. Alonso, like it was so rad. Like I can't, like, I still can't believe like I met them like that and got to like chill with them. And that was, yeah, I don't know. And like got to train with them. But yeah, oh. so we like go to like environments like Real Madrid's training ground. And, um, and then we, we would train and then we'd play against a team uh, from Madrid. We okay. played against a team called, I think it was Santa Ana is what they were called. Yeah, so we played against them and uh, 11 aside. And then we'd do like a Tango League event where we played five aside in like in their cool like environment that they create and whatever the base is in that um, city. Sure. So yeah, so we'd go around the world and we'd be doing that. And it was literally like, it seemed like my life wasn't real because it'd be like a trip a month and we would go and just, play and For enjoy there, i just saw you traveling so much <laughs> just all these cool places like so dang, she's doing it literally it was the coolest thing ever and i mean i'm forever like i'm forever grateful for like that experience and that time and like the people who i got to meet and how close i am with all those dudes they're all like family to me now like i can go around the world and go stay with a any one of them and feel totally comfortable i like i love them all so much so as far as experience goes from any of the professional teams you've played on to that like is there a greater feeling one or the other or or was it comparable like what what did you enjoy as far as just playing because it really sounds like you as a person just enjoy the soccer so I do yeah and that's exactly what it is there's no bs in regards to like with tango there wasn't any bs and like I mean people would think because I'm on a team filled with men mm -hmm. um that like the level of respect wasn't there or that they didn't agree with me being on the team or somebody would complain about that right like mm -hmm. that could be a that could be a thought in somebody's head sure. but like the amount of respect that I received from each and every one of the dudes and uh the treatment from across the board was absolutely incredible in regards to that environment and I don't know I don't I I really did love my experience with Tango probably I Probably, like, I, but, like, each and every, I would say, I would say probably the most in regards to, like, as a whole. Mm -hmm. But it's also very different. It's a very different thing. Um, I'm not with a team every single day training, sure. you know? And yeah. so I would say, like, there's bits and pieces of Tango that I absolutely loved. And then there's other teams that I've been with. And I just love my experience just because of the players that I'm surrounded yeah. by. 
you know so it's different yeah depends depends on where i was at and that is funny too because that's what a lot of players end up missing about the game is just the day-to-day shooting the shit around you know the locker room or whatever so Mm -hmm. that being different did you just travel together and end up playing we traveled in essence because i'm coming from one of the furthest places the guy um the guy from brazil his name's kelvin and um kay who's from uh, Japan, we would come in early. So we'd have a couple extra days together and um, we'd get to hang out and like explore the city and kind of get acclimated where everybody else is like coming in like the day before or like the day of kind of situation. But yeah, I don't know. So get into Tango. Yeah. Um, I know there's a few more places in Europe, but I eventually want to get to, so just most recently Mm -hmm. uh, you had the, championship <laughs> here in LA yeah yeah so so now different league back in America yeah let's walk us through it so while my voice <laughs> oh wow sorry about that I need I'll to take get. a drink too yes yeah, brought to you by uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead so yeah so with tango I was able I like played locally for um uh Orange County Galaxy, okay. um, which is really cool that I was able to like come back and play eleven side with like a women's team and have training while like I was traveling with Tango. Okay, so, yeah, you, so you were doing, able to I do was, both. I was able to do both, but but I mean, whenever it was a Tango thing, I would go for Tango. Okay. Um, but yeah, so whenever I come back, I would play with like uh, there's some some ex pros, some current pros actually that were on that team, and then some college players. So it was a really good environment, like pretty pretty high level training and like awesome coaches as well we had a uh, two guys from uci scott and pj and they were amazing so and they're like really understanding so yeah. and they created a really really good environment for everybody that's great yeah and so after that i want to talk so now you're currently playing for river yes and this is one of the biggest teams in the world has yeah. to be as far as their you know biggest matchup too one of the biggest um yeah. so i've heard this story about uh, ubers or whatever they call them there and i want you to repeat this story um because it's just hilarious talking about the rivalry you know uh, one of the biggest ones i watch all the time right is uh, barcelona real madrid yes but as far as history as far as as far as like what you told a story also about like just the people that come out to support this i've seen the craziest photos of this rivalry tell us about this it is actually gnarly i literally i have no words for the like the environment that they create the atmosphere and everything before games it's just like what it's like it's a different world it really Mm -hmm. is and it's incredible to be a part of it it's like an absolute privilege i've never i've never been so submersed in such an amazing like football culture in my entire life and so i'm like and i was at the world cup yeah like i was at the world cup and like and it, like Argentina is just a different world. Oh wow! It's a different world. So, so, so what's going on that makes it so different? Then? Um, Tell the us. passion, literally. Like I think Argentinians, in regards to everything that they do, it's they're incredibly passionate. Okay. And so when they are all in on something, they're oh my gosh, they're absolutely all in. and you can feel it. Like mm-hmm. being next to them when they're talking about like when you're talking to a fan of River, yeah. you feel you feel their yeah. exactly, and it's like contagious, and you're like you're like excited. You're like oh yeah, like I don't know nearly as much as you do, <laughs> but I'm like I'm excited and I want to be a part of this. And uh, yeah, I think that you you feel that in regards to everything that they're doing. Um, but like football is like next level for them. 
the way that like um for example <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell my uber story now okay <laughs> so um <laughs> so one day i mean majority of the days in, in the first few days that i was there i decided it was a good decision to take ubers because i don't know public transportation sure. and i didn't know if it was safe and i was like really suspect on, in regards to everything and <laughs> i take an uber <laughs> And I like, I'm going to this like more touristy area and I'm like super stoked about it because there's like coffee shops that I want to go to. And I'm like kind of openly talking about the fact that I'm playing, I'm playing for river and which is a bad idea. And, and so just like, like the I, bi- I, I one start- of the biggest things you could be doing in this town. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I'm no big timer. And, uh, yeah. So the guy's like talking to me about everything and like, how's it going? Like, how's it going? And I'm like, he's like, what are you doing here? Are you studying? Are you like studying? And this is in Spanish by the way. And he's like, are you studying? And I was like, no, I'm like playing football here. And he goes like, oh, okay, cool for who? And I was like, yeah, I'm playing for river. And he goes like, and he like touches he touches the you know like the the rear view mirror. mirror has like things that dangle from it he has boca beads boca beads dangling and he's like get out of my car and i'm like i'm like this is happening i was like no it's it's okay i don't know i don't understand the rivalry i swear i don't understand i'm a good person i swear i just i just got here like this week like please give me a break and no he he kicked me out of the car, and that was that. That happened two times. So it happened twice. It happened twice, and then I realized I am a student. I am no longer. I never. I don't play football anymore. Yeah, you can't claim that. I don't play for River. I am a student, and I came here to study Spanish. <laughs> wow. That's it. So, so, and what happens too? So you're on the street. You just gotta get yourself another one. Yeah. Get another one. Get get a cab. Like that was the option. Drop me ra- off in a random place though. But I like kind of. That's dangerous. Yeah, it's I mean, not great. You know, oh, it wasn't great. What were these people's? Ratings. Was there a rating system? It was good. Yeah, 4.97. Oh, man. That's yeah. got to drop after your experience. 100%. I think I forgot to rate him. And I also was kind of scared. So I just, I, yeah. yeah. So as far as safety. He definitely rated me low. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's rough out there. Yeah, it is. So Awful. as far as safety, though, as a woman traveling over there, I have also heard, though, you've been treated exceptionally well. Yes. Right? Yes, so- absolutely. Um, the, in regards to, like, the community and the people there and everything like that everybody's very warming um but it also might be because i have blonde hair and blue eyes this might be a little bit okay. of the reason why people are nice to me okay. i clearly am foreign the american <laughs> very american isn't the, so i asked this question because you grew up in southern california mm-hmm. i grew up in a hispanic neighborhood mm-hmm. and for whatever reason i was known as like the gringo mm-hmm. or i'm sure you've yes, heard this word i have gringa yeah and, and like it wasn't necessarily a positive thing at all Mm-mm. and so so th- is there a the term there that I've been referenced in the media as is Yankee. A Yankee. Yankee, which is not a term. I mean, it's definitely not a term of endearment by any means, but it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it, but I mean, it is what it is. I can't like, I'm not going to get all angry about sure. it. It is what it is. So even though you're treated well as a player, do other, maybe even players on your team or something have this does any of them have a hostile kind of thing of like, oh, there's Yankees here, or or is um, it more just? I don't the, with with my team. No, my team okay. is like the most like. I mean, they're crazy, and I love them so much. <laughs> they're literally like the most entertaining bunch you'll ever meet in your entire life. Okay. That's for sure. There's never a dull moment. That's, and that's an understatement. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, but they're literally, as soon as I got there, they like, I mean, of course, me being very hesitant, but also I'm a very open person, but in Spanish, it's so much more difficult. But I've, since I've gotten so much better with the language, everybody's been like, uh, everybody is super open to me. They've always been super open to me, but now it's like a next level. I'm actually like developing like lifelong friendships here and like uh, creating, I mean, I'm able to understand them. And uh, yeah, it, it's it's been a it's been a big turnaround since the beginning because obviously going through everything at the beginning when i first got here mm -hmm. or here to yeah. argentina yeah. yeah exactly and with everything with like my best friend mm -hmm. but like i mean everybody was awesome they've been they've been awesome since the get-go that's for that's for sure they've never once treated me differently or anything like that um yeah so it's more so does it sound like it's more so just media wise media wise yeah but honestly even the media is really positive towards me okay. yeah it's like the only negative the only negative term is like yankee yeah, but it can yeah. be also be interpreted as a positive one yeah and maybe they just don't understand that you know maybe they do i'm just saying i'm yeah. like trying to think positively of it just like maybe they don't use it as that negative term yeah true term, yeah so. exactly i mean it depends on who you're talking to about it. And, well, I just translated one of the interviews you had, and just seeing how it translated, I, I'm sure there what is did a... translate? What, which one did you translate? I don't know. I saw the two. So uh, according with the video that you had the Uber interview, uh -huh. I translated some article, and it was just like the way it read was just like completely different. So I'm uh -huh. I'm thinking their understanding of the word Yankee yeah, might be just different too. Yeah, man, it's, it's a definite possibility. Thinking positive. And that's the thing, is there's so many different words that are like up for interpretation, for everybody's interpretation. Yeah. You're like, one word can be positive for one person and one person, one thing can be negative for another one. So like, <laughs> like when somebody, there's a word that I've learned there and it's called baluda. 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 Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, and it's like the style in which like, uh, I mean, it's like an Argentinian word, but also I interpreted it as a bad word. Originally, I interpreted it as a bad word, and I like asked my teammate, I was like, "Don't say that word," and they're like, "No, Jordan, it's not. It's like we're saying it as like a friendly term." But they're like, "But don't use it. Like, okay. don't use it normally." <laughs> but like, we use it as like a positive term, and I was like, "And I'm like, okay, but I'm not gonna use it still." Okay. So exactly. Any, I heard you scoping out coffee shops. Any, uh, any. Brazilian or I mean not Brazilian Argentinian barbecues you found right it was okay so I'm I was vegan until I went to Argentina and okay. then I realized it's way too difficult to be vegan in Argentina so I, I like kind of I mean I still try to maintain like primarily vegan but I have to venture into vegetarian occasionally okay. um just due to my like I mean I don't necessarily cook as much as I would like to on there but anyways yeah so during the time that I'm there, I went, like, my house, I have a, I live in a house with, like, a bunch of other people, mm -hmm. and they have, like, an asado night, and it was, I mean, it was absolutely incredible, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen yeah. in my life, and it had, like, so, but I had, like, a, obviously a ton of meat, sure. and I, like, don't eat meat, and I, like, tried, I tried a little piece of it, though, my stomach was killing me afterwards, but, mm -hmm. I mean, it would, I felt like I needed to do it in order for, like, the experience, because sure. I really, like, wherever I go, I like to, like, submerge myself in, like, the culture and the experience yeah. and whatnot, but, like, so I was, like, I have to try this, and I, like, tried it, and I was, like, this is really good, but my stomach doesn't agree with it, and also, this came from my animal, so I feel really bad, uh, but, yeah. yeah. Do they cater? Do the restaurants cater towards, you know, vegan and? Uh, no, not really. Yeah. It's like a newer. It's definitely a really, really new thing there. There's a couple of them that, that kind of do it, but majority no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, as far as uh, we've heard, you have a, an entertaining bunch over there. I'm not sure if we've dove into. I know when I was discussing certain things, as far as stories behind the scenes, what else can you share as far as? you know these entertaining stories with maybe 
uh, a player. You don't have to name any uh, names, okay, but we want to hear. Her. We want to hear some good stuff of your experience. Um, so there was one thing in the media that like they kept writing about, and it's like que 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 pegada tiene Jordan. I need to think of what it was, but it was like that's what's all over the media, and it's like what a shot Jordan has. Like she's like okay. a sick shot. Yeah. And there's a girl on my team. Her name is Betty, and I love her. I love her so much, and she's so funny. This is like if you can imagine a person that's like everybody's dead. Everybody's like trying to sleep, like on a bus, mm -hmm. and she's just there, just like dancing okay. cumbia and like screaming and she has like the like the loudest voice and she's she's awesome i love her so much but she like she always screams at training like all the time all the time and like the way she pronounces my name is incorrect but hilarious as well so it's like she says this all the time and everybody just starts like laughing every time she does it so you have the statement now that's just stuck yeah with and you. that she just says it all the time because like i am known for having a good shot and so it's like it's constantly said at training all the time and i'm like and what do i say to her i'm like betty i'm gonna kill you <laughs> every single time but i'm saying it to her in spanish but yeah so since i Red, you love giving, you absolutely love giving uh, interviews in Spanish. That's my favorite thing ever. No, she doesn't. But uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. So anything we need to, to learn or know and what's, what, what's like usable? Are you like grocery level or are you like oh, I'm, I'm, gr I'm definitely grocery level. I'm definitely like I'm able to say no, I don't need a bag. <laughs> like, yeah. and then they ask if you need a bag. Like, <laughs> I don't need a bag. I, the thing is, is how I am normally as a person is like I overshare. I overshare all the time. It's a problem. It's good. And so like you know when somebody's like, "How are you?" normally, mm -hmm. and then like somebody's like, "Good or bad." I'm normally like, you know, I'm actually pretty bad. Like this happened. Like my dog actually did this today. He he ripped my like shirt, my favorite <laughs> shirt. I'm like I like overshare everything. Okay. In Spanish, same thing. <laughs> it's bad. So like somebody's like todo bien, and then like I'm like no and everything is not totally oh. and then i explain i'm like actually today i'm late because of this reason because i accidentally put on the wrong shoe and i'm like explaining this in spanish but like nobody wants to hear sure. in english they don't sure. want to hear sure. in spanish they don't want to hear but i'm still explaining it yeah. So I'm I'm at that level where I can complain about my day. It probably makes you better in Spanish because you <laughs> have to think of more vocab to, to explain this stuff exactly. with. Exactly. I mean, and I just, I, I the word that I probably say the most, and this is because I had a roommate. This is kind of complicated. She's from Switzerland but lived in Costa Rica for two years. So she's fluent in Spanish, and her name's Sara, and she's just, like, an incredible person. But she always said the word mall all the time. Mall, and so, like, yeah. I literally all the time i'm like screaming i'm like es mal es mal es mal and then, then like everybody always corrects me because it's not es mal it's esta mal esta. esta mal esta mal and so like i'm always saying that especially when it's like i'm always doing it in a joking manner sure but everybody looks at me like i'm crazy all the time when i'm doing that and then like in our group message everybody writes it all the time to make fun of me <laughs> but it's fun but it's just all good fun and i know it so it's fine so you guys halfway through the season here or are you guys just wrapped yeah, we just finished halfway through the season. Uh, we go back and we actually have a small tournament and like a tournament within our tournament. It's weird because it's called like, it's called Torneo Rexona. And that's what our, our t it's like a league, but it's like a tournament. It's like a really long tournament. It's like an eight, eight month long tournament. It's, but it's our league. So it's kind of, it's weird. Hmm. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a complicated like thing, but that's exactly what it is. And then we have another little mini tournament within our tournament. So, so at some point, there's teams that advance, 
and then or is it just so it's like the it's kind of like it's like a it's a literally it's a league it okay. is a league it's a but league. it's called a torneo a okay, so okay, okay. it's so it's called a tournament but it's not a tournament got it so complicated that's interesting so that. unnecessary but uh, what, what am i gonna do i'm yeah. not argentinian i have no pull on saying yeah. <laughs> why they called it a tournament yeah true <laughs> uh and so you go back when I go back on January 8th. Okay, and how's how's the team doing? And oh, we're I mean we're doing good. I think we're third place right now. Third, place. third, third. That sounds right. Um, but yeah, so I think I mean third, fourth maybe. Um, but yeah, and we're doing well. It, it, will the winner be decided by just overall points, or will you actually play? I think we'll. I think we'll. They'll have like a playoff, okay. is what I would imagine. And did you just uh, get to experience your first true rivalry? Or have you not experienced that yet? Um, so uh, we, okay. So this is kind of complicated. So Boca River games, mm-hmm. y- you like you can't go to them. Does that make sense? Like if you're if you're a visitor, you can't go to them. So at Boca games, it's only Boca fans. Oh, oh, got it. So because it's too hostile. Exactly, it's too crazy, and the fans are that passionate to the point where like you literally cannot be in the same environment. Yeah, and it's it's quite wild. To I, was, say I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so when we played against uh, first game of season, I wasn't able to play because I didn't have my uh, migraciones papers finished. Um, I had to sit in the bombonera. I had to sit in one of the boxes. And uh, at that game, no River Plate fans were allowed. And that was our games. That was a women's game. Whoa. And it was only Boca. It was only Boca fans. And we filling these stadiums up and everything. Like it was it was the bottom the bottom half that was filled okay. up, but they are so loud and yeah. so in sync and all the chants and all the songs and everything and everybody just knows it. It's incredible. The craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That is That's so for nuts. sure. Yeah, exactly. That's for women. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And I love being a part of that. But I hated the fact that we lost so badly. But <laughs> but yeah. and it was hard to watch because I wanted to be a part of it. But <laughs> but still it was really cool. It was a really cool environment. But recently I got to experience my first um, River Plate game where they played San Lorenzo, which is a good game as well, mm-hmm. but they ended up losing, so it was unfortunate. But it was on the year anniversary of when they beat Boca in the Copa Libertadores yeah. final. Yeah, and so it was the one-year anniversary, and so they had this massive celebration. celebration. It was, and it was just incredible because, and I'm like, was I for, for the first part of the game, I sat down in the fan section. I and I was singing. I was <laughs> I know some songs, so I was like singing some of the songs, some of the bad songs that I shouldn't sing, sure. but I was singing them anyway because it was like, this is this is my moment. Yeah. And so I was like super super stoked, and I was singing them super loud. And then like I went to another side of the stadium, same situation. Everybody, I thought this would be more mellow, not more mellow at all. It's the same exact environment. Everybody singing, everybody dancing, and everybody's stoked like on life about a a win from a year ago. A year ago, and they're celebrating like it was today. It was just, it was amazing. It was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that is neat that you mentioned that because not often do players get that fan view mm-hmm. at it. And yeah. do, would you say because I heard a story too where maybe you just roamed out into I don't know if it was the fans or whatever. You seem very <laughs> brave, by the way. Yeah. Um, but but how is that? Because I only had the experience once in Germany. I actually went to and sat in the fan section uh-huh. and just got completely into it. And it was so love cool. It. How it, was it for you? It was good? For me, it was yeah. great. But it, like I didn't know when I would ever put myself in that scenario here in the states yeah. or not you know like it's mm-hmm. just i don't know i feel odd because yeah. i'm kind of shy to talk to a whole bunch of people uh-huh. um but tell I, me your I experience see. just getting out there and just see i feel like i'm i'm not at all in regards to that like i like for me i think it's just like a brilliant opportunity to be in buenos aires living there playing for river like it's just 
for me it's such a privilege and so for me missing any opportunity to like submerge myself in the culture like i'll get really angry with myself yeah um so and that goes for being a part of like uh the hincha like it's important for me to like go and ex experience everything with them because first of all those are the people that like really support me as well That's so awesome. i want to support them as well sure. i want to support them and i want to support the club and, and for me going and being a part of their craziness and the locura the madness it's just like it's the most amazing thing for me because i really feel a part I feel like a part of the club and I oh gosh I, I and I was like I the thing is is like we had training right before I went into the the craziness of the crowd mm -hmm. I like saw them from inside the stadium and they were waiting for like our men's team to leave and I was like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go do that and I was like talking with some of my teammates and I was like you guys want to come with me I was like let's go let's go and they're like they're like nobody's like no Jordan no. no Jordan we're not gonna I'm like okay whatever suit yourself I'm gonna go grab my film camera and I'm gonna go <laughs> and so then I just go and I'm just like I literally am just like there and just like in awe staring at all the people and all their how um they're all chanting and all and like I'm just like this is seriously and everybody's been waiting there for hours yeah. absolute hours just waiting just waiting to get a glimpse of yeah. these men and i'm just like this is crazy to me but i love it and i think it's amazing and it's and everybody that like like recognized me that they all like were super like they were amazed that i was out there with them and i was like honestly like it's just amazing for me to even be able to be here with like you guys and i don't know I think all around is just like such a, I, I will never forget that experience in my entire life. What a neat experience that is too, because you know, it's, America's gotta get on it, right? But, Absolutely. but just culturally it's different. Yeah. But what I think so neat about your experience is you're so much of a fan of the culture while they're loving you as a player too. And I feel yeah. like both of you are just being able to celebrate each yeah, other exactly. to the it's max. Like, it's like an excitement and excitement because they're excited to see me and I'm so excited yeah. to see them. Like, And then it's like, I don't know, it's like a circular thing because they're like excited to see me and then just like hyping each other up, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like the coolest thing ever, really. And it's just like, for me, it's like being a part of the history of such a amazing club with, I don't know, it's just so cool. Yeah, I just I do think that's neat just because you're treated a certain way in America and maybe mm -hmm. you do have the facilities and this and that, but but culturally maybe it's a little bit different. Definitely. Explain to me the difference maybe, um, you know, facility, you guys are a huge club. Yeah. How is that like though? And like, is there a different treatment that the women get? Yeah, um, so the treatment is definitely different. It's really interesting because the support is the same, but the treatment is totally different. Like the men train it, um, they train about, I think it's like, what 45 minutes away at this place called Aziza it's where the airport is and it's uh, incredible the field and everything they have like I, I think they have like 10 fields probably more really nice ones and but we train inside the stadium inside the stadium on a turf field that's quite terrible to say the oh, least um okay. and it's really really hard on your body and we're there every single day during the week so and i'm i'm old like i'm 27 like i can't i mean i can't necessarily handle this <laughs> handle this type of like um hard, like difficult uh, not difficult like um i guess just like how everything's set up there it's just not meant for sustainability sure. in regards to like playing wise um 
so yeah that it's definitely not the same and like our gear like we don't get new gear like uh, i don't have a jersey with my number on it um or my name on the back of it so and i change jerseys every game depending on what position i'm playing so it's starting 11 get the starting 11 numbers based on position oh, you yeah. don't get to choose you yeah. never get to choose yeah. what you want um and so when you people when fans ask you they're like hey like what's your jersey what's your jersey number like i want to get it and you i I literally am like I can't t I can't tell you. So does that mean too? There's no name on the back. There's no there's yeah. no nothing. And the thing is, is I like wanted to put proof out there that like there is value in it and that like people are willing to buy it. So I put polls on like my social media, sure. and I ended up getting I think a total of I think it's like eight eight to ten thousand total people that want my jersey. They want my jersey with my name on it with my number. <laughs> don't have that but like Dude. the proof is there like there is a market for women's soccer and for the jersey and but they i mean it just it just hasn't happened just an idea business partner yeah right you make your own dang jersey exactly I'm just, I'm just gonna draw it not, i'm just gonna draw it not on a t-shirt branded or anything just same <laughs> colors and you put your damn name on it exactly. and you get those you eight thousand people because nobody's gonna recognize me because i'm not the only like super blonde out there yeah <laughs> but we gotta get these people these jerseys absolutely and i think that that's really important because i think that my team deserves it like I, they're professional players their and their ability is there they need to be treated like their profession. They need to be, they like all around the treatment from the field to the jerseys, to the training gear, to cleats, everything. Sure. Need the full on treatment. Not, not, there's no, excuse my language, but there's no half-assing this. Yeah. When you're, when you decide to go play, be professional, you have to treat it as if it's professional. Cause if you don't, then it's shown as that to everybody else. Um, you know, if you like, for example, like if, if they brought a soccer to the US, right? This is before like the big blow up of like women's soccer here. Mm -hmm. Say they brought it here. They said entrance was free. Um, they don't have numbers on their jerseys. Like, what does that say to you? What does that register? There's no value. <laughs> Obviously there is value. You, ha you create value with like how you display it. If, it's, if everything's free and everything's just given, then like, and, and like, then it shows that there is no value in it. But if you, show that you have to pay something to come watch if you show that they have jerseys with names on it like it shows that there's value in what you're doing and that you believe in it more than anything sure you know and that will i think that that will like follow through along the line of like everybody else in yeah. regards to like fans in regards to like clubs in regards to other clubs it would be like an amazing effect i think within argentina but i mean they haven't done that yet so it's like but some clubs have but not all of them yeah i'd like to see that come to fruition while your time is there hopefully That'd be nice, you yeah. know this but new year new year, new year 2020 year, new year, new exactly 2020. but i think there is a process there especially with businesses work right like for example look at our first contracts yeah. just just you know for the love of the game or whatever yeah. but within the time and, and seeing how much of a big club this is mm -hmm. and with the backing and everything yeah. you'd you'd like to think that that could be a very easy like, bridge to jump very don't easy you think? very easy i just i i wish i had like the answer you know yeah. I, I wish I, I i don't know i don't i don't know what the problem is um i'm i've like talked about ideas to change things but well, I think you'd be the best person to ask, and we've learned so much about you tonight. And, um, but I guess my biggest topic I do want to hear is just as far as being a woman and you playing on women's teams and then you having that experience with playing with so many men too, do you at all feel uh, like you're treated differently 
based on the scenario you're in, or do you see that that one is treated better in a certain situation? Um, How do you feel about that? So I see that, I mean, within men's teams, I understand that men have come a really long way in regards to MLS and everything like that. Um, and I understand it's been over a, a period of a long span of time. Yes. I understand that, and I respect that. Um, I do think we are in different times now, and I think that growth is has been more rapid than anything. And so I think that the growth is capable of being like within years rather than within like a multitude of years like like exactly a decade i think it can be done actually i think it can be done within months but like i think years is more realistic to say um but i think that the change that people are asking for in regards to like treatment of like women and everything like that i think it's possible really really rapidly um, because I think the men's treatment, it's there now, right? Mm-hmm. It's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I'm well, not, another man, I'm not in it. Within the last, <laughs> yeah, so 08 was when I started with MLS. And within that time, yeah, leaps and bounds. Exactly. So, and then yeah. now we're in 2019, about to go into uh, 2020. And I think that, yeah, I think that the men, like, I think that the treatment in regards to that is way better right now. Uh, I think that the women is making great accolades. Um, uh, especially in regards because of the U.S. Women's National Team, mm-hmm. they've demonstrated the fact sure. that like they deserve it. Um, my experience with like treatment-wise, playing with men, been amazing. I've, I mean, I've obviously been subjected to like people discriminating against the fact that sure. I'm a woman, but I'm, I mean, I do my talking with my feet, and I get sure. them to shut up in that way. Yeah. And then when people doubt me. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You can doubt me all you want, but when I play, it's gonna, it's gonna show something different. But reg- it's crazy because like my experience with like women's team, I experience more discrimination in regards to like playing with the women's team with the women yeah it's kind of it's kind of shocking um now that i yeah i mean i've never even thought about it like that but you brought up this point yeah we're like do you, do you mean player to player or what do you not player to player but like club wise club wise yeah i think that i think that i think within the club i think that like player to player i think it's always amazing sure. i think because we all know what we're going through yes, which is all true. it's all crap yeah and um but in regards to <laughs> This is funny. It's all crap. It's all crap. You're in the same struggle, is what she means. There. Exactly. No, it's not all crap. Sorry. We all know the same struggle. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, we all absolutely know the same struggle because we're all going through it, and we're all going through it right now, and we're all in it all the time. Um, so we're able to support each other in that sense. But it's interesting because I think it's like the perspective from the clubs, um, in regards to what they think that we deserve, and uh, some don't think we deserve anything, and some think that we do deserve something. Like, I will say, like, the best treatment that I've ever experienced in regards to women's soccer is the small amount of time that I was at Utah Royals. The treatment was absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And that's because the owner. The owner sees value in women's soccer. He sees, val- he sees value in his players, and the, it goes down from everything, the treatment, the yeah. coach, everything. Well, that's great to hear. Would you say that's on par with all of America, or would you say just specifically you got to even point out specific teams? I would say Orlando Pride and Utah Royals. I can only speak from my experience. Um, My experience with Houston Dash was not a positive one, so I would say not no to there. It's probably improved since I've been there, though, so I don't know what it is to this day. But I know from being at Orlando Pride and being at Utah, I know it was that those treatments, it was good. It's what you should expect out of women's soccer and what should be the bare minimum but the rest of the clubs I'm not quite sure of I've heard very bad things about certain places I'm not going to say them but I've heard very bad things about them where like I think that it's possible to create a better environment for their women's team which I think will create more people wanting to play wanting to continue their career were you saying that in the states or were you just saying in the states and in general honestly in general I think that 
I think a lot of treatment at a lot of places needs to improve. Um, so yeah. it's basically these choices by the higher ups in clubs. It's, it's just club. like that you Absolutely. find interesting. Absolutely, it's the club. It's it's yeah. them. It's them that decide the value of their women's team. And if you you can choose to give a value, or you can choose not to. So. Yeah. Well, I agree with that statement all around. Mm-hmm. You got a self belief, and if you don't believe in the team, I mean, exactly, then go? then there's nothing at all. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like we've learned a ton. Is there any other things you'd like to mention, or you could even, uh, you know, shout out your Instagram, tell us how to reach you. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Jordan O'Brien. And if there's uh, honestly ever any advice or anything in regards to like women's soccer, if you just want to have a chat about it, I'm always open to the conversation. So slide into my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a great invitation. Yeah, hey, she talks a lot, people. Just know she's going to fill you in with all the good details. Exactly. You're going to get my honest opinion on everything, that's for sure. Yeah, I've really enjoyed talking to you tonight. I've learned a a ton about you, and so I hope everybody else did too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.